0: reading talked about choking, so I thought I'd illustrate that for you. (laughs) So Jesus is out on a boat, and uh, Jesus was teaching in the synagogues up to a certain point, right up to this reading. The only time we saw him teaching outdoors was on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, and it's getting a little harder for him to to be in a a building. The, The crowds are getting too large and also the the uh, it's getting a little the religious authorities are beginning to to make it life difficult for him. And so this he's probably staying in, in Peter's home in Capernaum and he comes out and stands by the shore and so many people show up. He gets in a boat, maybe Peter's or John's, James and John or Andrew, and they pulls out a little ways from the shore. The the water's very shallow at that in that area. So people probably were standing out in the water. Uh, you can walk quite a distance out from the, from the uh, uh, beach and end up um, just having water up to your ankles. So you can just picture people even standing in the water just trying to get closer to Jesus and listen to this teaching. And yet Jesus begins teaching in parables. This is where he really begins to teach in parables. From this time onward, it's going to be mostly parables. Before this, it were a few parables... Uh, You think of the Sermon on the Mount, it's mostly pretty straightforward teaching. Some easy, some hard, some comforting, some challenging, but it was straightforward. Now he begins to speak with stories. And the disciples are very surprised at this. And when you look at our lives, we too are surrounded by parables. God is telling a story to us. Our lives are a story that, that, that calls for an interpretation. All the things that happen to us. Uh, you know, we sometimes we long for, for an angel or someone to come and explain what's going on in our lives or the ways in which God is acting because the Lord says he's constantly broadcasting seeds in our lives. And at least three-quarters of the time, we're not going to bear fruit because we're not open to it or we're crowding it out with something else or, or we have an emotional reaction and then we don't go on. So with all of that action in our lives, God is... Teaching us with parables. And a parable is something very interesting to grab your attention, a story. It also reveals as it conceals. The more it reveals, the more it conceals. In other words, a mystery is something you never come to the end to. These stories are meant to be taken home and pondered. In what way is God being a sower in my life? For this reading, should stick with us all week as we look for God's action and the ways in which you and I are responding to it. At different times, we, we are. The seeds on the various places and hopefully sometimes we're yielding good fruit and jesus also preserves people's free will if you don't want to hear you can hear a story and if you don't want to engage the word if you don't want to engage god in life and want to tune him out it is possible to do that the world's set up so we can tune god out but that's not to our advantage so jesus begins with he's sitting on the boat and he's probably can see some guy tossing seed. They're walking along with a bag, tossing seed. Now this guy is not, he, this guy is not a very good sower. He's, he's, he's tossing seed everywhere, into the path, into the, into the bushes, um, into the rocks. This guy's obviously paid by the hour. Don't you think? He doesn't know what he's doing. But God, God, is, God is so generous with his gifts. Even when he knows you're not listening, he's still passing it out. And he's hoping that we're going to look back later and learn something from what we missed. So God is this generous farmer who is not just sending it to where it's going to bear fruit, but also in places that seem to us fruitless, but not to God. God can bear fruit out of anything. But he says, take care that you are not like the, sow, the seed on the footpath. Nobody would expect something to grow on a sidewalk. The, the footpath would be like uh, the, the uh, farms in the Holy Land were set up so that you had long rows of plants and then a common footpath through the middle in which there were all kinds of people trafficking and they were the law Permitted it was not stealing to to take food as you went uh, after the harvest uh, Even they, they would leave some there So it was a way of kind of having that was your sort of 7-eleven you might say you know They 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 would be able to eat there and that was part of the tide. So people would walk along and any seed there of course wouldn't grow so the question is, do I have a hard heart? Am I so closed that when God speaks, I can't even listen? I, I gave a talk once uh, a number of years ago in which there was a gentleman in the, in the audience who was there only to challenge and to correct and to uh, make trouble. And so he sat there in the back, and whatever I said, he wasn't listening. He was just there to correct and Jesus found these kinds of people when he was talking. They co- he couldn't get in. Or somebody is, comes to church on Sunday because their parents make them or their spouse makes them, and they're, uh, by God, I'm not going to listen, though. Nothing's going to get in. And, you know, God, God is not going to force his way in. If I don't want him, he's going to stay out, at least until we die. So God uh, offers us this opportunity, but sometimes... God's word bounces right off of us because we're just not in the mood. Think somebody that needs our help and we just don't want to listen or God is saying something in my life and I'm just so not open to what God wishes right now. Um, the seed in the, among the, the rocks, I think, is one of the more interesting ones. When we think of this, I always think of New Hampshire because... Uh, Uh, I spent a summer in Dartmouth Dartmouth, at Dartmouth Medical Center uh, doing uh, hospital chaplaincy training uh, when I was in seminary. And uh, it was a great place to spend the summer because I got to to explore New England, an area I had never been in at that time in my life. And you see all these these rock walls all over the place. And and a lot of homes have rock facing because the land is so stony in some of those places. They have to pull the rocks out every couple of years to make the land fertile. This is not what Jesus is talking about at all. The Holy Land has all these areas where there's limestone right under the surface, and the, the soil is only a couple of inches deep. So if you plant something there, and the, the spring rains come, it's going to really burst into, in, into, uh, uh, into life. But the roots can't go deeper because they run right into that layer of rock. Like so, In some places around here, we have a layer of clay under the surface and the water and the plant can't get through there and so what happens of course is when the heat of the summer comes uh, it's going to die because it only has shallow roots I remember when I planted the, I planted most of what's over there at the rectory and uh, I had so many plants you know I I spent the first couple years putting them in and then the last uh, five or six years pulling them out because they wouldn't you know what they grew (laughs) but I was over there, there's a pump on the property, and I was just watering and watering. I like watching the rainbird, you know, going back and forth. It seemed very peaceful. And someone came over and told me that I wasn't doing the plants any favors because plants need to have periods without water so that the roots will deepen. You know, if you have a, a yard full of, of always watering, the roots are going to stay very shallow. They don't need to go deep. And so Christ periodically, he's pointing out that if you have a, a shallow response to God... It may not last. You know, if I, if I uh, join the church, I come in to, through RCIA and the Easter Vigil and, and uh, everything's great, and then, you know, suddenly it isn't fun anymore. I don't enjoy praying or Mass is not as exciting as it was. I may fall away if it's only based on emotions. The same with a marriage. The same with, with uh, you know, you can't, just, you can't stay married to somebody just based on emotions, I can't stay a priest just based on emotions. I was ordained 17 years ago yesterday. And it wasn't always, uh, uh, you know, it's not always fun. So what do you do? Uh, So Christ says the suffering in our lives causes us to go deeper. We go searching for water. We go searching for meaning in life. God challenges us with with our sufferings and the challenges of life. And this is all part of God's plan. A person, a life without challenges, they don't know if they're going to persevere or not. They've never been challenged. So the third group that Jesus talks about is the, some of this stuff is thrown among weeds or uh, hedgerows. This is probably the area between landowners. And it's an area that is not cultivated because it's, based, it's a border area. This sower is just sticking seeds in there. Well, we, we can have all kinds of distractions that keep us from, from responding well to the word of God. And you know the weeds in our life like weeds in a garden grow twice as fast as the good stuff doesn't it we have to keep up with it you know we have a wonderful landscaping here that we put in and there's a few weeds out there that we can't just pull them up because the roots are are too deep in these weeds we have to find another way to get rid of them if you just clean off the surface of the ground it's gonna look good for a week or two and then you're gonna get the problem back Uh, with some people it's it's as if you you clean off the top of the ground turn it over plant goods seed in there. Well, the stuff that you didn't get out is going to start growing again and it's going to choke out the good plants. So we, this, this, this part of the gospel challenges us, is there something in my life that's out of balance that's choking off God and his word? Um, you know, we all have a lot to do in our lives. The challenge is to invite God into what we're doing and not to keep him out and only compartmentalize him into little spots. Uh, God wants to be a part of all of our lives. Our Catholic identity begins when we leave church. Uh, you know, we take what we've received in this hour and we go out. We're, we're sowers ourselves of the word, aren't we, as well as receivers. But when I receive, uh, you know, even Jesus apparently only had a 25% return rate on what he was saying, which is encouraging if you're preached, you know. But... <laughs> but um, but even if I'm listening, it's 25, or 50 percent, or 100 percent. You know, uh, so God is always—he's so generous with his with his word and his will. He's constantly encouraging us, constantly offering us opportunities for growth, words that will rouse us, uh, opportunities to see things in a new way, uh, ways to uh, to uh, make a difference in the world, and. This is, this is part of, of our, our, our Christian identity, our Catholic identity, is becoming more and more aware of how God operates. Sometimes if we look at the areas where we missed it, we got crowded out by worldly cares or, or flash-in-the-pan reaction that didn't last or one of these things, we can look back and, and learn from this. And this is why God puts seed there, so that even though we see something didn't come up the way we wanted, we can learn from the future. And so we, we pray that our Lord in our response to him, will be 30 or 60 or even 100 fold.